Perfectly Whole podcast inspires and encourages women of faith, women like you. And we don't do long intros, so let's get to it. Hey, y'all. Welcome back. How y'all doing? I hope y'all are good. I hope y'all are good. I am excited about this topic. Um, but God was, he came at me, he was on some like, Adrian, you're not gonna fit in. Stop trying to make fetch happen. It's never gonna happen. And so I was like, well, God, you're gonna have to make it make sense because why not? <laughs> you know, I felt like at one point in time, I was finding my tribe, I was making friends, and then it started to dissolve a little bit. And so are you telling me I am not gonna have community? And he's like, no, that is not what I'm telling you. This, let me go ahead and just set the stage there. This is not to tell you you're going to always and forever be alone. First of all, we're not alone. We have God, but there's, you know, it's going to say that. But no, you're not, you are going to have community and you can have um, your tribe and friends and people who are like-minded and people in your corner and people who can encourage you. Um, God intends for that, for us to have that. He wants that for us. That we're, that we wouldn't even have the church if it wasn't for God seeing the value in brothers and sisters in Christ, in a body of Christ, in fellowship. Okay. I wish y'all could see me because I got all the hand motions. Okay. But there is immense value in that. But where this concept is coming from is that when you, when we're in those spaces, that spaces, that's what makes them so special. That's what makes them so filling and rejuvenating is I'm with people who are on the same mission as me, right? And that fuels us for when we go into the world. But where do we spend the majority of our time? We ain't at the church majority of the time. We're not with our closest friends majority of the time. Where are we out here in the world? That's where we spend the majority of our time. And so it can be easy. Okay, how can I say this? It can be easy to want to kind of create community in those places too, right? Like, okay, I want some coworker friends. <laughs> I want some neighborhood friends when we kick it and we hang out. And if your experience has been anything like mine, you might find that that's kind of hard to do. The more that you try to live a life that honors God, you know, the less people it is also trying to do that. And so it can make you feel like an outcast. It can make you feel like you don't belong and you are going to forever be alone. Okay, let's just... <laughs> just go ahead and take it all the way left because I've had my times I have had my times where I felt like man am I always gonna be that girl in high school was actually I child I didn't been an outcast since elementary let's be real but the time when I really started to see it was high school because I had began to know God and I had accepted God in my heart at a very, very young age. I received the Holy Spirit at 14. I was speaking in tongues. Sometimes I would try to tuck that part of me away and 
I adapt friends who didn't necessarily know God just to, you know, have friends. Like, I'm like, I'm trying to think of a better way of saying this, but I was looking for friends, man. I was like, I want to be able to go get my nails done with somebody. I want to be able to, you know, kick it at my friend's house and let's go shopping and let's, ooh, we weren't, you know, to the dance. What we were to the game on Friday. What we do, you know what I'm saying? I wanted that. And it seemed like at the time, even though I did have friends from church, they lived in different districts. You know, they didn't even go to my school. So I'm like, well, what about at my school, Lord? I ain't gonna have no friends at my school. And so I, that was kind of the onset of me recognizing that things were different about me because the more I would try to, you know, introduce the person to the concept of, of God and not for them, just because like, this is how I'm living. Like, this is something I want. People are like, oh, you ain't having sex? No, because I, you know, I'm trying to wait till marriage. Marriage, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It was just like, dang. So I would get shunned, you know what I'm saying? Because I was willing. I was like, I don't care what you do, girl. We can be friends. And they would be like, nah, we can't because you, you lame. You low-key lame. <laughs> I know I'm talking to somebody out there. Um, and I hated that. So a lot of times, and I would always be trying to prove to them, like, you can call me lame if you want, but I know I'm not. You know what I'm saying? I'm super fun. I'm funny. Humor was on 100,000 trillion, still is, but <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm super funny, um, stylish, you know, <sighs> ain't never had a problem with, oh, I'm like, but part of my, I'm like, should I even say this? But I, you know what I'm saying? I was a looker, you know what I'm saying? I never had no problems with dudes hollering and like little young girls who, cared about that you know boys was everything back then you wanted friends who was cute so when y'all went out y'all could be cute together and y'all could attract the boys together i'm like i got all these things and i still ain't got no friends what's going on <laughs> so um i that's something that has been a struggle of mine and in in college I, my relationship with God grew, you know, over the years, my relationship with him continued to, to grow, but almost like in secret, because I had this identity that I had with people who I knew didn't necessarily know God or want to know God or whatever. And then I had this identity that I had with the people who did know God that I felt comfortable being that version of me in, I mean, around. And the two would always be clashing, y'all. When I say the two will always be clashing. And it became tiresome, you know, it became tiresome. So I just wanted to say, like, if that it has been you in any way, shape, or form, outcasts unite. <laughs> because I'll be like, this is my life, Lord. <laughs> I don't feel that way today, but I did many, many, many a days. Okay. So all that, then we got that all out. Can we talk? Can we talk about identity? I know, I know. You probably was like, what? I didn't see this going there. Yes. Can we talk about identity? Because that, I think that's going to help answer some of these questions that we, me, I have had, you know, when it comes to, comes to fitting in. You know what I'm saying? Just like me talking about the two identities clashing. Why is that? 
So I think in order to really answer those questions, we gotta we we gotta get down to the bottom of identity. Um, identity, it's not it's not optional, <laughs> y'all. When I say this thing, be chopping me like a sword. Identity is not optional, or even our choice. Identity is who you are at the core. It is not how you present. It's not how you want to present. It ain't even who you want to be. Ain't that crazy? What you saying, Lord? Who I want to be is not who I can be if that's not who you made me to be. But think about it this way. Identity is like DNA. No matter what you do, your DNA is the same. It don't matter what clothes you wear. It don't matter what augmentations you get to your body. It don't matter what kind of plastic surgery you get, what kind of wigs you choose to wear. It don't matter what kind of people you hang around. It don't matter if you lighten up the color of your skin. It don't matter if you tan and, 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 and darken the color of your skin. It doesn't matter how much weight you lose. Nothing external matters when it comes down to your DNA. That is going to stay the same no matter what. And that is how identity works. And so I want to read a scripture <laughs> because y'all know I got to read a scripture. Come on now. So first Peter two and nine, but okay. Y'all know, but cuts out everything that comes before that. So he's like, bump all that, bump all of what you think and what you heard and what they saying and what you're feeling. But you are a chosen people a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. That is a nice description of who we are, right? How God sees us, how God created us. Now here's the New Living Transla Translation. <laughs> I love the way this starts. But you are not like that. <laughs> Yeah, I begin. I begin fueled by the by the word because we. Yeah, I'm talk. I was just talking about the two identities clashing, right? I had this one identity where I would would be with people who, you know, didn't know God or or wasn't trying to seek God or or whatever, whatever you want to call. It. And then I had the identity that, spoiler alert, was my true identity in Christ. And I'm trying to hang and hold the two in the balance. And God is saying, but you are not like that. Not like what? This identity that you've chosen to present. <laughs> the DNA says, the lie detective test determined that that sis is a lie. <laughs> but you are not like that. I'm going to keep reading the scripture. But you are not like that for you are chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. Ooh, I love that. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God. For he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. So I talk about how I came into the knowledge of God at a young age. A beautiful thing, a very beautiful thing. 
to come into the knowledge of God and his love. Because we are, we're faced with so much rejection and abandonment and shortcomings of our parents, our childhoods are off the freaking chain. All these things, right, that make us feel so inadequate. But we, God, love us enough to give us the knowledge of him and to say, when you know me, you know what it is to be whole because I can make up the difference of everything that you lacked, right? Everything that you went through, I can make it work out for your good. To come into the knowledge of that as a child is a blessing. And now because you have this and you know this, you, like the scripture says, you can show others the goodness of God. That is a privilege, y'all. It's not a consequence. God put that on my spirit this morning. He was like, you know, we sometimes will turn to God in seasons and be like, yeah, I ain't had nobody else to turn to. So I turned, I, you know, I just had to lean on God. And we said like it was a consequence. It's not a consequence. It's a privilege because God is the only one who has everything we need. I can lean on my, my boyfriend or my husband. He ain't going to have it all. I can lean on my best friend. Guess what? She might be busy. She might be with her boo thing. I can lean on even the pastor, but the pastor has a life and a family and the pastor ain't in my home Monday through Saturday, right? But I have God and to have him is to have every single thing that I need. And so I can show that to others once I know it. But what we do, what I had, I have done is try to tuck and hide that little piece away, but still be <laughs> who he called me to be, who he designed me to be. He knew that at eight years old, I was going to, you know, come to Christ. And, and at 14, I was going to um, receive the Holy Spirit or whatever. He knew all these things. And it had always been a part of the plan for my life. But I wasn't willing to accept it at that time. So I was like, I'm going to just put this, you know, DNA. Nobody has to know my DNA. <laughs> you know, I can just dress myself up a certain way and people going to get what I choose to give. And God is like, you are not like that. And that's why you keep hitting all this friction and feeling so alone. Because <laughs> you ain't like that. And so with identity, we thrive in it. And we're hidden when we're outside of it. When you're outside of your true identity, you are not who you are. <laughs> There's like no other way to say it. You are not who you are when you're not being who you are, who God designed you to be. You can, you can be a version of it, but you're not truly who God designed you to be. And so what do you mean by you thrive in it? Think back to the DNA example, right? The DNA example, if you need anything medical that's related to blood, right? And blood is like our essence. We are, what, more than 80% blood, right? Our DNA informs the type of blood we have, right? You can say, oh, I'm, I don't know what it is, A positive, A negative, O blood, whatever, whatever. That's what it is. So if I am in need of something, I have to get that 
type of blood. If I am looking for healing, I have to get that type of blood. It doesn't matter how much I want. You know, it could be 18 trillion donors with the blood type that I don't have. It is not going to help me. But when I get the blood that is my type, now I can receive my healing. Now I can get the blood transfusion. Now I can get the transplant. Now I can whatever, right? And that helps me to keep living, to keep doing life. So what does that look like in real life? We thrive when we operate under the within the identity that God has given us. We thrive when we can step out and be that person and thriving looks like confidence. Jesus, I done prayed for confidence for so many years and he's like, well, if you just be who I called you to be, you ain't even gotta ask for confidence. I don't have to ask for confidence to be a negative blood type. I'm a negative blood type. Take, take my blood. That's, that's what it is. It ain't even confidence. It's fact. Come on, Jesus. That's the type of confidence I want. Confidence that's not based on anything. It's fact. <laughs> Y'all, I'm getting riled up. <laughs> so it looks like confidence. It looks like divine intervention. It looks like my steps being ordered. It looks like when I put one foot in front of the other, God is directing my path. God is, is making provision for what I'm going after. It looks like joy. I don't have to feel sad about who's not liking me, what spaces I'm not fitting in in, because guess who accepts me? Jesus, God, the Holy Spirit, the Trinity, whatever you want to call him. He accepts me and his acceptance is more valuable than the acceptance of anyone else. And with that comes peace. I don't have to care about who's not accepting me. It looks like authority. It looks like I know what is mine because I know who I am. If I know my DNA and I know my dad's DNA and I know that my dad is my dad and he has land. I know that that's an inheritance for me. That means in essence, I own land. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And he, his word says that he would not withhold any good thing from us. So that means if I am his son and I accept that I am his son, I am his child, then the earth is mine and the fullness thereof. I have access to it. Not that I'm going to go out here and try to, you know, pursue everything in the earth because everything ain't necessarily for me, right? But I have access to it. If it is something that I am God wants me to have, I can have it. So I can show up to these spaces with a boldness. And I can also share that with other people without reservations. When you know who your father is, 
there is no apprehension that comes up when people want to know who you are. Think about being at a family reunion. People say, oh, oh who, who your daddy? Think about, you know, older people, honey. They be trying to really get to know everybody. <laughs> who, who, your, who is your dad? Who's your parents? Who's your mama? Oh, Cornell. Cornell's my dad. Oh, okay. You Cornell baby. Yep. They, first of all, have a, a frame of reference. They, they can reference and say, oh, I know who that is. I know who Cornell is, which then helps me know who you are. Same concept spiritually. God, Christ is my father. Oh, well, then I know who you are. And for many people, not even people, just people, principalities, demons, Jesus? The name of Jesus, for them to know that you're a child of God, that's already going to put them in their place. They can, that's going to make provision for you that you ain't never even got to make. You ain't even got to think about it. When you come out of your mouth, when your life shows that Christ is your father, the earth has to yield to that. People have to yield to that. Demons, uh, sickness, bondage has to yield to that. Oh, shoot. Jesus is her father. I know who she is. They be knowing who we are before we know. Because the DNA is there. Which is why the enemy is so quick to try to snuff, of, snuff us of it. To try to get us to think that we're something other than what we are. Because then we are not going to stake claim on what God has given us. But how, how rich could our lives be? And I ain't talking money. How full could our lives be if we know who we are? We would. Now, sis, if we made it this far in the episode together, we friends now. Subscribe to the podcast and don't gatekeep the goodness. We got to reach more women like us. So don't be afraid to share and review the podcast. I want to know what you really think. Okay. Back to the episode. So, funny story. (laughs) I have always, okay, how do I say this? I have not always felt like an introvert. As a child, I was very outgoing. I sang in the choir, sang in two choirs in my church. uh, Children's choir, adult choir. Only child in the adult choir, y'all. I mean, whoa. (laughs) I got stories on that one for days. But anywho, so I sang in the choir. I did step, which I also led. So I taught step. And this is about, you know, 14, 15, like I mentioned before. Um, I led the step team at church. I led the praise dance team at church, coming up with the dances and teaching them to the girls who were were in it. Um, I did spoken word. And why do I feel like, oh, mine. I'm like, I know there's one more. (laughs) Um, And then I started a mind ministry because, um, you know, praise dance. I was like, oh, this is fun, but I kind of want to do something a little more edgy. And we didn't have a lot of people who had interest in step after a while. So I was just kind of looking for something different. So I ended up starting a mind ministry. So I led all of that and sang in the two choirs. And then at school, I was in the band as a majorette and also ran track. Very, very talented 
outgoing leader as a young child. And I believe a lot of us know our identities as children, whether you know God or not. I believe the gifts, the talents, the essence of who we are is there at a very, very young age. And so growing up, I I would always look back on that because throughout the years, life had kind of silenced me, you know, all the, the struggles and seeing you know, I had ended up switching up, switching churches and my parents got divorced and things happened in life that just weighed on me and, and kind of began to shift how I viewed the world and how I viewed myself. And I became more and more observant and more quiet natured. And Eventually, I learned that, you know, for that type of persona, there was a name, an introvert. And so when I learned about it, I was like, oh, this is this is who I am. This is exactly how I am. I'm an introvert. But it was always at the very bottom of it somewhere. I would always think back to that phase in my teen years and it felt like that didn't match the introvert persona that I was having. But I didn't ponder on it. I didn't sit on it long. I just would always think like, man, am I really an introvert? Like I had this little bit of doubt that was like, am I really an introvert? And I just kept living, you know, I didn't think about it. I didn't do no research or I didn't pray about it, nothing. I just always, you know, in the past few years, that's just that's just how I would identify. I would meet people and be like, oh, I'm just quiet because I'm an introvert. Um, yeah, just so you know, I'm an introvert as an introvert. I mean, it just became a thing. And then this year, y'all, earlier this year, the Holy Spirit, I told someone that, like I start, I said it because I was feeling timid when I had to speak in like a meeting or something. And I shared that I was an introvert. And for the first time ever, the Holy Spirit said, you're not an introvert. So that's not who you are. Thinking that it was the voice that I had kind of silenced where I was like, hmm, am I really an introvert? I was kind of thinking it was that. So I was just like, all right, girl, like, I know you're getting more excited about speaking and you got your podcast and you're getting, you know, talking more and maybe it's that like, chill out, you know, chill out. So I just, you know, kept kept going. It's like, hmm, weird moment, but I kept going. Another moment came around in a different meeting and i led with that same spiel yeah so you know i'm an introvert and i felt immediate conviction where god was like all right i told you before but now you're just choosing to ignore what i've said to you you are not an introvert stop saying that do not identify as an introvert anymore. Not that it's sinful. Now, let me just tell y'all, this is my journey. This is my walk. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with being an introvert, okay? <laughs> and I still have many introverted moments. There's nothing wrong with that, but I think God was trying to, to show me something else about me. And so I that's when I kind of started to peel back the layers of the onion to see, you know, why is God saying this to me? And of course, he began to connect the dots from that that period as a child when I first came to know God and how it was operating and, and began to show me that that is my identity. I just suppressed it. 
But just because you suppress something doesn't mean it's gone. And so now I am learning how to recultivate that gift that God placed in me and to stand in it and not cling to this identity, because this different identity as being an introvert because I feel uncomfortable. So I just wanted to share that story. And so it's, it's, it's interesting, you know, now I'll be like, okay, well, <laughs> what do I do? You know what I'm saying? It's like, God's like, just walk, we gonna walk this thing out. But I'm like, you know, when people talk about being an introvert or extrovert, I'm like, I'm not gonna find an extrovert. <laughs> And I love something that Teray, Pastor Teray Roberts said in one of his recent sermons. He said, he said, as Christians, we don't show up to take sides. We show up to take over. I said, okay. <laughs> but I love the concept that like, it's not about picking a side and picking a, an, an identity. My identity is in Christ. That's it and that's all. Not that I can't have introverted moments because I have both. I have introverted moments and I have extroverted moments, which is why I'm sure people be like, you ain't nobody's introvert. But then, you know, other people's like, you ain't nobody introvert. I mean, extrovert. So um, I don't think that God is so particular about the, the introvert or extrovert part of it. I just think that he's trying to get me to recognize who I am in him and not keep clinging to this, this other identity. But it's just, that's just funny. I just want to share that story with you guys. You know, if you have moments like that, you're not alone. Okay. You'd be like, why is God saying this to me? Like, why do all of a sudden I feel convicted? Y'all lean into those moments. We talk about hearing God's voice and getting to know him. Those are special moments where God is trying to shape us into the person that he's designed for us to be and get us to walk into our true identity and our purpose. Don't shy away from that. Lean into it. Ask questions. Do some research. Open the Bible. Talk about it. You know, ask some friends about it or, or whatnot. But don't just sleep on it. Because when I say I felt, I felt so convicted that second time, I say, whoa, what is this? Okay. Anyways. Um, and so I just want to wrap up with this concept. The reason why you won't fit in, if I had to boil it all down to something, it's because you are light. As children of God, we are light in a dark world. Just like that scripture said, he's brought us out of darkness into his marvelous light. We now take that light into the world. And so when you think about light, light is always going to stand out. It's always going to stand out. It illuminates. Light is front and center. Anywhere you shine a light, whatever you shine in that light on, it's front and center. Light will never coexist with darkness. Once you shine a light, the thing is visible. Wherever that light goes, it brings illumination. It brings visibility. Either that thing can be seen, either that thing is lit, or it's not. And there is no in-between. And that, my friends, is why you won't fit in. In majority of places, you'll have your, your community. You will have your friends. 
But in the vast majority of a dark world, you are, you will not fit in and you are not designed to fit in. You were designed to be a light. Help people stop bumping into things. <laughs> bumping into walls. Be a light. That's it. Um, I hope that it, this has helped you. Some of these, some of these episodes, I'll be like, all right, God, you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to help me with this one. Cause I don't know how it's gonna land. <laughs> But I just want you to know that you're not alone. If you've ever felt like an, an outcast, a loner, if you've ever felt alone, you aren't alone. You aren't alone in how you feel. God is with you. God has people who are waiting to be a support system to you, to be friends to you, to um, be mentors to you and he will reveal that to you as you continue your walk with him and your faith walk with him and continue to pursue community that you know thinks the way you think not like completely think the way you think but you know has that same those core values that has god okay but just know that just because you don't fit in in the vast majority of the world doesn't discount or undervalue who you are and what you have to offer this world. Remember that that's, that's the point. The point is for you not to fit in. It's for you to show up and shine a light and be a light. And when you've done that, you've pleased God. God has accepted you. You fit in with God. And if God be for you, who can be against you? I got to end with that. All right, y'all. I hope that you have an awesome rest of your week. And I hope that you'll meet me right back here next time. 